You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Well, we want to welcome you to The Gateway Church. Like Pastor Bruce was saying, it's October, and in October, it's Missions Month. And we, I know that some people get antsy when we start talking about missions. And I just want to put you at ease that today and really anytime, it's not about your budget. It's not about uh, the finances. It's not about your income versus someone else's income. Today, in fact, is not about money at all, so you can rest at ease. But what Missions Month does, it gives us an opportunity to emphasize a core value here at the Gateway Church. And the core value is this, that a healthy church is a missions-minded church. I want you to say this with me. A healthy church is a missions-minded church. And we believe this deeply. And we are a Pentecostal church, by the way, if you didn't know that. And we want to be true to who we are. And the word Pentecost, it's an old Jewish feast, and it was around the harvest time. And you say, we're not farmers, what are we harvesting, right? We are harvesting not grain, but we are harvesting souls. We believe in reaching the lost, and it's part of who we are. We are passionate about reaching one more with God's help. And for 13 years straight, as I've been the pastor, missions has been a priority here, and it's grown. And as we move into Missions Month, and as we move into Missions Encounter next week, and then the following week, and then that Wednesday night service that's going to be incredible, I want you to know, this is what the Lord's put on my heart, that missions has and always will be the key to our future. It's going to be the key. It has been and always will be the key to our future. And I was thinking, what does a key need to open a door? Think about it just for a second. A key in the master's hand, it's a key. It has to be willing to give up parts of itself in order to do so. I want to put you the picture of this key up on the and this is a key that has been uncut. And what's interesting about an uncut key is that the way that it stands, the way that this key stands, it has no opportunity to do any work. But when this key goes under the blade, right, and once it's cut in the right places, a key like this could open any door in the world. And we, as a church, believe that we are the key. We're the ones that are doing missions. Missions is a key. We're the key to do that. And this is the big takeaway this month that we want you to, to, to make real in your life, is that a key's destiny is to give up huge chunks of itself. And in giving up, it provides life, an open door. And as we say, you know what, we will be the key to the future. 
It's each and every one of us. So when we say uh, at missions time here that we're, that we're believing that God is working and that it's the key to our future, we believe that deeply, and it's each and every one of us. Missions has and will be the key to our future. In our missions encounter, we're going to highlight that. But I, some of you are thinking, huh, you know, what does that really mean? And I was thinking about best practices when we are, you know, living our lives. And whether you're single or you're married or you've got, you know, you've raised a family and you're empty nesters or uh, you're at retired age or you're just a young adult, it doesn't matter. There are good things that you should do in your life, good practices for you and your family. Best practices like to pay your bills and to pay your taxes, right? Not to overspend, right? To be nice to people. Those are some good practices. If you're raising kids, you teach your kids to brush their teeth every night, right? Or at least once a week, right? Otherwise, you know, you limit their sugar so they don't get a cavity, right? And, uh, or you tell them to take a nap when they're little. Or you say, no, we're going to have a bedtime. And these are best practices, right? Well, as a church, I want you to know, we believe that it's a best practice for every single one that is connecting with us at the Gateway Church to be involved in missions, to support missions. Because it's not only the key to the Gateway Church's future, it's also the key to your future. And what I see in the next few years, uh, I just want to kind of give you a vision piece, and we're going to talk about this for the next couple of weeks. I believe over the next five years, with God's help, we will see our missions program, our missions ministries double. I believe it. I'm calling it as, as if it's not so, that it is so. And when we talk about doubling, we're doubling the care. We're doubling the amount of trips we're doing. We're doubling the projects. We're doubling faith promise giving. We're going to double the amount of missionaries that we are supporting. And uh, we... we we need you to do that. It's a big vision. But I believe over the next five years, God's going to help us in that way. And, uh, but we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Next week is Missions Encounter. But I did want to take a moment to kind of help with that. And remember, it's Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday. A little different. We are canceling all small groups uh, for that week uh, where of the, uh, the week where there's that Wednesday night. Because we don't want you to choose small group over Wednesday night. We want you to be here for that Wednesday night. Now... As far as the word is today, well, the God, God's word for us, uh, we are, we've just finished a series called The Pursuit of Happy, the Happiness, and that was found in Matthew chapter 5, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. We preached through the Beatitudes, and what I want to do today is make a bridge from the Beatitudes to missions, all right? So if you're here, we're saying, all right, we've got the Beatitudes, we're going to, today's going to be the bridge Sunday, and then kind of priming the pump for missions, and we want to do that. And if you remember, we ended the series uh, about the Beatitudes, and we talked about the word persecution, right? And it's interesting, if you were following along in our soap reading this week, you found yourself in Luke chapter 21, uh, one of the days, I can't remember which day, and uh, it just highlighted that we are going to be persecuted again. In verse 12, it says, but, uh, but for all, before all this, they will seize you and they will persecute you. This is Jesus talking about the end times. 
They will hand you over to the synagogues and put you in prison. And you'll be brought before kings and governors, all on the account of my name. Remember, we're persecuted because of righteousness, who is Jesus. And when that happens, we don't have to worry about what we're going to say. And, we, and the other thing is, we don't have to worry that we're going to be downtrodden because it says in the Beatitudes, and it says here in Luke chapter 21, it says, everyone will hate you because of me. You're thinking, what? That sounds horrible. But not a hair on your head will perish. Stand firm and you will win life, it says in, in our soap reading this week. And it echoes what happened, what we talked about in the Beatitudes. It says in the Beatitudes to rejoice and be glad. Remember last week we said we're going to skip for joy, right? And don't worry, I'm not going to skip again. But uh, we are going to skip for joy. We're going to, then we end the Beatitudes uh, with skipping for joy. And then the next few verses is what we're going to concentrate on this morning. And it's found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16. And let's look at these verses. It says, so after it says, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. And then it says this, just, this is Jesus' words to you. He says, you are the salt of the earth. As I read this, I want you to think with a missions context, kind of as a primer to, for the missions encounter next week. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Again, Jesus talking to you. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do the people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. These are incredible words spoken by Jesus, still part of that same sermon, following the Beatitudes. And in this little phrase, or in these few verses, we see two metaphors. And my hope and prayer is that I can bring these to life with God's help this morning. The first metaphor is the idea that there's salt. And everyone knows that salt adds flavor. Amen? How many guys like salt? You like your, you like your food salty? I know I do. Some people believe that it enhances the flavor already present in the food. Scientifically, when you dive in and start to study salt, it's interesting that salt works by suppressing bitterness, which releases the other flavors that have been masked in your food. Salt also can be a cleanser, it can be a purifier, it can be a preserver. In the old days, how, they didn't have refrigeration. They would salt with a three-step process, and a piece of meat could be good for a year because it preserves. It's an essential for bodily health and healing, salt is. And when I was thinking about salt and just kind of meditating on these verses, my mind went to my little nephew. His name is Max. Out of anybody in the entire world, I think Max likes salt more than anyone. Am I right? Yeah, my, my kids are here. My wife, they're all nodding their head. Max 
And what reminded me of this is that just a couple weeks ago, Max showed up at school. He's 13 years old now, right? 13 or 14. And uh, he showed up at school, and in his lunchbox, he had a salt shaker. Check it out. This is from my sister. This is his lunch, and inside of it, and I, it this was on Facebook, and that's what kind of uh, jogged my memory about this. And, and what's interesting about Max, Max is a unique little kid. He's kind of quirky, and uh, he is a lover, man. He will give you the biggest hugs. He'll sit in my lap, even if he's 13 or 14 years old. He's a cool little kid, um, but he doesn't like his picture taken, and if it's not his idea, he's certainly not going to do it. But when I called and asked my sister, hey, could you send me a picture of this story, and, uh, and then send me a picture of Max, and she said, well, I'll do the best I can. When he heard that Uncle Ben wanted a picture of him with a salt shaker, this is what my, my sister said, I didn't even have to tell him to smile. He had the salt. That's all he needed. Let's look at a picture of Max here. This is Max. <laughs> he always he never wears a shirt, by the way. And uh, and uh, he lives in South Florida. And I'm not kidding. He never wears a shirt uh, unless he's going to school. But here's Max. If that doesn't put a smile on your face, you're not breathing, all right? And uh, but there's Max. Let's just take that in for a moment. Max, if you're watching online, I love you, buddy. You're the best. And uh, this kid loves salt. <laughs> Isn't that great? I love it. Now, the reason my sister has to limit Max is because too much salt is not good for you. How many know what I'm talking about? It's, it's a scientific fact as well. It, it helps hold fluids in your body, but if you take too much, and the reason they limit Max is because his blood pressure can go bad, uh, go, go sky high, right? It can be a burden on your heart. I looked it up this week. Um, if you have too much salt in your diet, it can give you the risk of stroke, osteoporosis, uh, stomach ulcers, and cancer even in your stomach, kidney disease. I was thinking, man, too much salt is not good. Is there a spiritual correlation? I don't know, but what came to my mind, how many have ever heard the phrase like someone is so spiritually minded that they're no earthly good? I'm just saying. In this verse, though, it says this, you are the salt of the earth. I want you to say that. You are the salt of the earth. And in ancient times, when Jesus said this, salt was a precious commodity. It was like gold. Seriously, the commentators say it was as valuable as gold because it was hard to find and hard to, to mine. And you were considered to be rich if you had salt in your family. And just put that into context today. We are rich with the message of Jesus. We are the salt of the earth. Amen? Amen. We're the salt. The second metaphor in this scripture is that we are to be light, right? We talk about light, and I want to see this with a missions perspective as well. The charges in the scriptures that we read a moment ago is to let your light shine. And when the light is turned on from a missions perspective, think about this. The darkness does not argue, does it? It simply leaves when you turn on the light. And because of that, we should not dim the light. We should not cover it up. We don't want to dumb it down, the message of Jesus. And I want you to see yourself 
Jesus speaking this to you, that you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. And for some that know your scripture, you might say, huh, uh, is that really accurate? Because I thought Jesus was the light, right? John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Well, the truth is, is that we are to be like Jesus, to be like Christ, and our impact is to be like his impact. And so, yes, 100%, you and I are the light of the world. And what that means is that when we love and when we give and when we serve with our hearts overflowing with gratitude, people will notice. They will notice the light. And when we live for Jesus, we keep good standards according to Scripture and good practices, and our faith is real, and we live it out. It's not perfect, but it's real. We are like a lamp on a stand. We are a city on the hill. Let your light shine. But I was thinking, you know, about light. And I'm wondering how many of you have ever been in a power outage situation. Let me just see your hand real quick. Yeah, all of us probably. At one point or another, the lights go out. And I was thinking, what would happen if all the lights went out this morning? Seriously, what would happen if all the lights went out? What would happen? Seriously, what would happen? I've been in some power outages. When I was a kid, we didn't have cell phones with lights on them. But I remember my dad saying, go get the candles and get some matches. And we'd fumble through the dark and we'd get a candle. Nowadays, we have our phones. Go ahead and grab your phone. And just shake it or get the light to turn on. Yeah, you got it in the back. I see that light. I see that light. Yeah. Just shine it in your neighbor's eye. No, don't do that. <laughs> the Bible says that we are to let our light shine. And for those of you here that grabbed your light and that are grabbing your light now, your first instinct to turn on a light was the right instinct. I want you to know that. Let's go ahead and turn the lights back on here for a moment. The right instinct was for you to turn on the light. Put yourself in a dark world. We're going to walk out of these doors here in a few moments. What is the right instinct for you? Is for you to be the light to shine bright and the darkness will flee. Now, I get it, though. It's not always easy to let your light shine, right? It's not always convenient. 
In fact, Ch Pastor Choco, a pastor, great pastor in Chicago, and now he's at the national office. Uh, he's got a book called Stay on Course. I was with him a few weeks back, and he gave me this book, and it was really cool. Uh, but in this book, he talks about salt and light, and it was kind of like, oh, man, that's cool. And, uh, but he says that a lot of times people will hide the light. And I would just ask you, why do we hide the light? Why do Christians hide the light? He identified three reasons. The first one is this, is that we don't want to be exposed. Let this sink in. He says this, and I'm, I'm reading. He says, we simply have too many things we want to hide. And there's one huge thing we've done that haunts us with shame. And so we hide the light inside of us. We don't burn bright in the world, in our, where we live. He goes on, he says, we'd rather keep our secrets and hide the truth. These are some heavy words. Even at the expense of missing the privilege to be the light for God. The first reason we hide is that we don't want to be exposed. The second reason, Pastor Choco says, that we hide behind the light or hide the light is that we don't want to be inconvenienced, right? We don't want the inconvenience. He goes on, and I'm reading again. He says, the commitment to love the unlovely, to give sacrificially, to serve in obscurity takes a toll of time and energy, doesn't it? He says, these activities cut into our self-absorbed priorities. How many of us are guilty? Don't raise your hand. But you're feeling, you're like, oh, yeah, sometimes I don't let my light shine because it's inconvenient. Sometimes I just don't want to be exposed. Other times it's inconvenience. The third reason, he says, is that we don't want to lose control. You say, what, do we, what don't we want to lose control of? We don't want to lose control of, of our time, of our emotions. We don't want to lose control of our lives. We, if we step out in faith, we may not know how people will respond. We, don't want, we want to control the environment around us. And because of these reasons and maybe other reasons, people hide the truth. Or they certainly don't put it on a lampstand. They're not a city on the hill lit up for others to see. And I'm guilty, just like you are, at times. I'll walk into a dark situation and I just fly under the radar, I'll blend in, keeping my light hidden. Lord, help us. We are called, church, to be salt and light. Salt and light. And you say, well, how do, do we function as salt and light? With this, I want to just give you some scenarios. When we find conflict in our lives, instead of running away, we need to run into that conflict and be the peacemaker, like we talked about in the Beatitudes. Amen? When we find suffering, we are the ministers that step in and we bring healing and we bring hope. We bind up the wounds. When we see addiction or divorce or disease or death, 
When we see someone with financial worries, or we see a family struggling with a prodigal son or daughter, or we see there's abuse around us or abandonment, what do we do? We step into those situations, we become salt and light, and we bring love, and we see transformation in those circumstances. That's what salt and light does. When there's evil, we return good with evil. We find selfishness in the world around us. What do we do? We pour ourselves out sacrificially for others. It's because we're salt and light. Pastor Choco, later in his book, he says that we are salt to arrest decay. The things around us that are falling apart, we are salt to arrest decay. And then he says, we are light to expose sin and to illuminate God's forgiveness and a path of hope. We, church, are called to be salt and light. Salt and light is God's calling. Salt and light is our struggle. Salt and light is our pleasure. And this is the kicker to our family, to our neighbors, to our friends, to our co-workers, to our schoolmates, and to the ends of the earth, we are called to be salt and light. Let's pray. Lord, I'm asking that in these next few moments, Lord, that you would capture our hearts. Lord, that you would do the incredible. Do miracles here in our hearts and in our lives. Lord, I pray that you'd pour out your spirit in this place. And God, that we would sense your word coming alive to us. And that, Lord, we would understand in a greater way that you have called us to live for you. And Jesus, I pray that even through the foolishness of preaching, Lord, that you would get through to even the hardest heart today and change us from the inside out. We pray this in Jesus' name. I want you, with your head bowed and eyes closed this morning, if you're here today and you're living in darkness, if you've walked in with a heaviness, Maybe you're away from God, you're not serving the Lord, and you're not even sure why you're here today. But you're here right now. You're saying, man, I'm sick of living in the dark. I need the light of Jesus in my life. We want to offer you a free gift of salvation. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer And as I lead out this prayer, this could be your prayer. It's a prayer of salvation. It's a prayer of surrender. It's a prayer of acknowledging our darkness and saying, God, we need the light to shine on us. And this morning, if you're here and you're saying, man, Pastor Bed, I need that. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. I'm living in darkness. My life is dark. I I don't have hope. I need you, Jesus, to save me. 
to take away my sin, to bring life back into my heart, into my life, so that I can shine. And God, I pray that you would do this. Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for me. And Lord, as you died on the cross, you've made a way so I can accept you. And Lord, this morning, I accept you as my Savior, as my Lord, as my King. And Jesus, I surrender to you. Lord, save me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now with your eyes on me here just for a moment. If you prayed that with me, you're saying, yeah, that was my prayer. I want to welcome you to the family of God. We are here to help you grow. But you've got to make yourself known. And we've got, we are prepared at, at the end of the service here. We would love to meet you. We've got two, two tables, one under each of the big screens with resources, some next steps, some simple things. But if you're serious about being a light for Jesus, about the light shining in you, you've got to make yourself known. And we're going to give you that opportunity at the end of service here to do that. But this morning is really a message for the believers. That we are salt and light. We're called out to be just that. And the song that we have kind of chose for this missions season is called Waymaker. And uh, we sang it earlier today. We're going to sing it now again in just a second. But we're going to sing it now with a different perspective. And in two weeks, when we sing it again uh, at our final uh, missions encounter service, and we'll probably do that Wednesday night too, who knows. But we'll probably sing it so much we're sick of it, right? But it's a mission song. And I want us to think about it in that light. This song says that, we, that he's the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the light in the darkness. My God, that's who you are. And we're acknowledging who God is. He is the light of the world. But in the same way, when you sing it today, I want you to sing it with the idea that, you know what? I'm the light of the world as well. I'm the salt of the earth as well. And the thing is, is when you decide to live for Jesus and you decide to take the covering off of your life and you're saying, all right, I'm going to shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, right? What happens is sometimes we take a, a step of faith and it seems like nothing's happening around us. Sometimes we get discouraged and we're like, oh, we tried that before and I got persecuted, right? Or it seemed like it didn't make any difference at all. Well, this song addresses that. And I love the part that says, even when I don't see you moving, you're always moving. You never stop. And the thing is, the truth about this song is that when you and I, when we make ourselves available to God, and we say, God, I will be the salt and the light, he breathes on us and he makes us more effective. If your heart is to serve the Lord with tenacity for your life to make a difference, I'm going to ask that you sing this song out like you've never sang it before.
It's the way maker. Let's declare it together. Let's stand together and let's sing this song. It's called Waymaker. With a missions perspective, here we go. Yes. That's exactly who God is and what he does in and through us. He makes a way. And I just want you to know that in all of our lives, there are people that we rub shoulders with week in and week out that need the Lord. And we are the key to making that happen. You are the key to make that happen in those lives around you. And all we're called to be is salt and light. And with God's help, we can do that. So I want you just to place your hand on your heart here and where I'm just going to lead you in a quick prayer all across this place. Even if you're just a guest with us, I'm just going to uh, just trust that you're uh, a believer and that, that God is working in your life and challenging you. But would you just say this after me? Repeat this. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, as I place my hand on my heart, I pray that I would see people the way you see people, that I would become salt and light in a dark world. Help me to add flavor and help me to be the light in Jesus' name. And now, Lord, as we go, I pray that you would go before us, behind us, and all around us. We pray these things. Help us to be the key to reach one more. We pray it in your wonderful name and all God's people said, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Why don't you turn and greet someone before you leave? God bless you. And if you are here and you responded to that salvation prayer, make your way to the front. We want to get to know you. Right over here, Pastor Bruce will meet with you. God bless you. Go in the grace of God. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.